0: We're in a series entitled Fire, Fire, Fire. Last week, we kind of, we prepared for what we believe the fire that God wants to bring, The, 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 the setting of us ablaze, that's God's desire. And last week, we gathered around the lord's table and we we looked back and we remembered we looked forward to to the greater things that that are yet to come but more importantly we spent time looking within ourselves you see i believe that in order for a fire to burn and rage that the 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 the, the environment the settings have to be prepared they have to be right correct we've been seeing story after story over the last seems like two months of of raging forest fires throughout uh, the the West Coast, California in particular, just a tinderbox and and, and things so dry. You see those... The, 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 the environment is right for that fire to spread, and, and, and that fire is destructive, right? Fire can be destructive, correct? But we're praying for a holy fire of God to descend upon us, and we believe that we needed to be prepared. We needed to, 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 to get ourselves in a position where, where God could do what he wants to do. We do want more of God, and today I want to talk to you about the need for the fire, We need the fire. I believe that if we are to be an irresistible force for God where he has placed us, we're talking about the word influence here at 1910 this year, and I believe that in order for us to be the church that he he desires for us to be, we need the Spirit's baptism of fire. If we are to awaken a sleeping church, and let's just be honest, the church of Jesus Christ has been asleep in the United States for some time. And I'm not saying that we've not seen some ripple effects of the church alive and active and, 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 and doing what the church is called to be. But in general, would you not agree with me? We've sat quietly for far too long. We've, be, we've become a little tolerant of things. We've, we've not spoken up. We've, we've kind of cowered back. And what I believe our nation needs now is to see the church of Jesus Christ awake. We need the holy flame that came upon those waiting believers in the upper room. We need that flame to descend on us today. Come on, you better go with a preacher today. We need the fire. You need it, and I need it. It's fire we need. We need the fire of God to stir our cold and flat emotions. We need the fire to drive us to do something for those that today, that during these 70 minutes that we spend together, how many hundreds, probably thousands of people will, will, will leave this life to a Christless grave. Untold millions today are, are, are dying. They're dying untold because we as Christians have no fire we're content to gather in our boxes today and sing some songs and be stirred by our favorite song or to have a cool video. And, and We're not stirred for the lost. We need the fire. We need the fire of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we don't need a wildfire. Wildfire does not glorify our Holy Christ. What we need is holy fire, the fire in which the Holy Spirit baptizes us. Amen. We need the fire and the zeal that we read about in the early church. When, when, when it seemed like every one of those believers, every Christian was ready to, if need be, to lose their life, to give it up for the sake of of Jesus Christ. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about how, how in, in Acts the early church faced tremendous persecution and they were scattered from Jerusalem and they, they basically fled all different directions to the cities next door maybe to, to, to crossing borders of, of, of other nations but they fled and what did they do when they, when they found refuge? Did they set up their mom-and-pop shops and business? Did they, did they just begin to, to farm or fish and just cower in darkness? Oh, no. If you read about those jacked-up early Christians, they continued to tell everybody about Jesus. You see, they were lit up. They were on fire. Let me ask you a question. Who's the last person you told about Jesus? Oh, now come on, Jason, you just talk about me just, just being a witness through my, through my actions. Absolutely, but use your mouth also. Talk of him. Give him praise, give him glory. God's done something in your life and it's not just for you to experience, but it's a story for you to tell that would encourage someone. Are we on fire? Are we willing to risk it all for the sake of the gospel? Is the fire within you The Holy Spirit fire, is it raging this morning? Or for some of you, is it kind of just smoldering maybe just a little? There's a little bit of smoke still rising from the embers, but oh. You know what's needed for that fire to, to fan back into flame in your life? You need oxygen. You need wind. You need the breath of the Spirit of God to sweep in right now. And I'm telling you, what looks dormant and non-existent, I'm telling you, oh, the Holy Spirit of God can set you ablaze again. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Man, I've been ready waiting to preach this series for, man, for a long time. I, I, I kind of... I kind of sent up a test balloon at staff retreat back in, back in April and begin to share some things, some stirrings that I believe that God had for us. But it wasn't time, it wasn't ready to, to share with you guys, but the time is now. And I've been reading about guys like George Whitfield. I've been reading about men like John Wesley, mightily, mighty men of God that God used in great ways to turn England upside down for Christ people coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In fact, these men were so instrumental during that time and age that, that they literally not only saved people spiritually, but, but it's been said of them that what God was doing through their ministry saved those British Isles from a similar French Revolution that had taken place earlier. It was said of George Whitfield, quote, from the time he began as a lad, to preach to the very hour of his death, he knew no subsiding of passion. To the end of his remarkable career, his soul was a furnace of burning zeal for the salvation of men. His soul was a burning furnace. I believe That's the secret. His soul was a burning furnace. You see, I believe that our tragic problem is that we're trying to to, to maybe influence our communities for Christ and we've never been set ablaze. Or I believe that maybe, just maybe in places of worship today, the church of Jesus Christ could possibly be being led by pastors who are not on fire. You see, in order for us to be ablaze, it's got to start here. And it's got to start there, Pastor Chase and Pastor Danny, Pastor Tim, Frank Cope. It's got to start with you. You see, listen, here's the deal. God sets people on fire. And it starts with all of us. And tragically today, I look around and, and, and I see houses of worship filled with people that are not burning Furnaces. We try to lead God's people with hearts that have never been truly set ablaze, or maybe hearts that have just lost their flame. Let me ask you a question Did you remember when Jesus came into your life? Do you remember how excited you were? Were you? Listen, I believe that when Jesus truly comes into someone's life, you don't forget that moment. And I believe that there's, I mean, it is, it, is, it is a greater day than Christmas morning. Amen. I mean, I remember for me, I was nine years old and I didn't have the, there wasn't a band playing and I wasn't in some house of worship. I was sitting in my bedroom, but i never forget it. I'll never forget that moment, Karsten, when I said, hey, Jesus, listen, I know you love me. Will you come into my life and save me? And I remember that excitement that I had the next day running onto the school campus and just telling people what Jesus had done. I didn't have a clue what it all meant to follow Jesus because I just know that he died for me and he loved me and I asked him to come into my life and he saved me. Do you remember that day in your life? Oh, I've just always had Christ in my life. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. No one's born with Christ in them. Right. Bible says you're born a sinner. It means you're jacked up. It means you got some, some wretchedness in you. That's how you're born, right? You're not born as a Christian. Now, your mom and dad might've been a Christian, but that, they don't pass that on to you just through birth. It's not a physical birth Jesus talks about in John chapter three. It's a spiritual birth that must take place in a person's life. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember that excitement you had? Did you have excitement? Are you still jacked up for him? Are you still fired up for him? Or let's just be honest, be honest. Don't you lie in church, it's really bad. (laughs) Let's just be honest, for some of us maybe, the flame that once was a raging fire within us kind of begin to fade away. There might be some moments or some seasons of of a, 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 a fresh breath that comes into you that fans that fire back up, but where are you today? Are you set ablaze for the Father? Some of us have lost the flame. I'm reminded how Elijah prayed In the book of 1 Kings, he prayed until the fire fell on Mount Carmel. You remember the story? Prophets of Baal talking a big game, talking smack. Probably the first smack talk in scripture in all of history. They're talking about how our God is greater, our God is stronger. Baal, blah blah blah, Baal, Baal. No. Elijah shows up and says, all right, I got you. And I'm outnumbered here. There's a lot of you guys and it's me. But let, hey, you guys up for a little challenge. Remember that? Yes. Let's build an altar. Yes. You call out to your God. I'll call out to mine. And, and whose God ever responds first and, and consumes it. Ah, oh, that will be the one true God. All right, we got you, Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> they called and called and called and yes. Bell never showed up. Yes. Wait, where is your God? He must be napping. Yes. He, he, must, he, he must be relieving himself. He's taken, where is he? Now it's my turn, Elijah says, Puff that chest out. Oh, cocky prophet. I love cocky prophets of the Old Testament. They were severely outnumbered, but I'm telling you, the fire and the passion of God raged within them. Doused that. Hey, you guys, I want you to tell you what, my God's great. Oh, that, that pile of wood, that altar, there, I want you to pour water on it. What? Yeah, you pour water on it. Come on, keep going. Let's go more. No, that's not enough. Let's douse it again. Come on, I need some more barrels. I need to some... douse it down, soaking wet. And he prayed till what the fire of God fell. You see, that's the deal. I, I don't think I don't think some of us pray enough. I don't think some of us pray enough for the fire of God to fall. It sounds sexy, and it's great to go to a conference and hear about it for a weekend. But do you really pray for the fire of God to fall? Elijah prayed, and it was then when the fire fell that those backslidden people jumped to their feet, and they exclaimed, I love what it says in 1 Kings 18, The Lord, they said, He is God. Yes, the Lord is God. God, I'm telling you what might happen is when we truly get ourselves set ablaze, when we truly become on fire, check what's out. People are gonna notice. And they're gonna see your God. They're gonna see your God. But my fear is that so many of us are walking around in life and, and yeah, you might have some colleagues and neighbors and friends. Yeah, they may know that you, you, you're at church today. Or you've got the sticker on your car. By the way, those cars are the most anointed on the highway. I'm not talking about that fish. I'm talking about the NTC. I'm sorry. That's a shameless plug. By the way, they're free if you want one in there. Anyway. But I'm afraid that so many people know where we're at today, but they don't know about our fire, awesome, working, wonderful God because they don't see us ablaze for him. Can that Shekinah fire that set the desert bush ablaze, could it also set our hearts ablaze today? Yes. Could, could we become a burning bush that Moses experienced in the book of Exodus? Could that Shekinah fire that Moses met and experienced on Mount Sinai, that Shekinah fire that permeated the whole being of Moses till his face radiated the glory of God, can we draw near enough to God today where the Shekinah glory of God consumes us and and our face begin to glow in his presence? Could that happen? Or is that just some great Old Testament story? We don't even read the Old Testament anymore. It's so archaic. It's just a great story for us to pass on to our kids about what God used to do. Hey, do we believe that God can do it today? Come on, somebody. Could that same Shekinah fire transfigure us, these vessels of clay? Could people look at us and get clearer glimpses as to the awesome, wonderful God that we worship? And that's the kind of fire that Ezekiel saw depart stage by stage from Israel in chapters 10 and 11 of Ezekiel. Could, could we see that same presence of God, that same fire return just as it departed Israel so many years ago? Could it return to us as it did on those 120 that were gathered in the upper room in Acts? They prayed. They sought the Lord. And it wasn't just the token prayer that, that that the elder of the church said, hey, would you all rise now if you believe this? And would you just pray with me for 60 seconds? No, no, no. Ten days of seeking. Would you pray for 10 days for this fire of God to just blow you away? Some of us don't pray 10 minutes over the course of a week much less seek the face of God with all that we are. And then we wonder, man, I just wonder, gosh, why, why, why am I just down in the dumps? Why, why, why are things just all against me? Ah. If it took 10 days of seeking God's face on our part, I'm telling you, it would be more than worth it if we too could be set ablaze for God. Oh, boy, my time is running out. We having fun, though? Well, let me give you some stuff. Get your phones out, start taking some pictures. Here we go. Not of me, the screens. Here we go. It is this thing of fire that we're asking for God to bring. It is not to be earned, it's not to be worked up or simulated. This fire we're talking about can only come from God. Only God can baptize with this fire. Only God can send Shekinah. Only God can meet your need and mine. We have labored too long without it. We have come far short of God's glory without it. And we have left people largely unmoved without the fire of God. We cannot light this fire that we're talking about. In ourselves, we cannot produce it, but we can do something We can humble ourselves before God in total integrity and honesty, and we can confess our need for more of him. Anybody need more of him today? We can't seek God's face until His holy spotlight shows us what it is that maybe is in our hearts and lives that is preventing this infilling and this empowering that He so wants to bring on every one of you. Can I just tell you something? This baptism is fi- a fire. It's not for the uber spiritual gathered here today, but it is for everyone that is called upon the name of the Lord and is saved. Come on, somebody. You see, God's holy fire only descends upon prepared, obedient, and hungry hearts. And maybe that's the problem. Let's just leave that one up there. This is that hitch in the gut moment. But maybe that's the problem. You see, maybe we're not hungry enough for God. Maybe maybe we're not thirsty enough Maybe we're really not willing to, to be sold out for him. Come on, bro. I'm telling you, 70 minutes on Sunday, once a month that I come, that's enough for me. And that's a stretch. Deer season's coming up. And, and you're telling me, no, I, listen, I believe somewhere, it's probably in Leviticus, that God said it's okay for you to forsake him. Oh, shoot. shoot. I just lost all the men. Maybe some women too. Maybe, just maybe. Well, I just, I just know. The problem is not God trying to keep the fire from falling. The problem is us not being hungry, thirsty, or sold out enough and ready for it. We're not ready for it. I just want to remind you of, uh, that, that but it's, God wants to send it. He wants you to walk in and experience it. Look what it says in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. So, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Have you asked for God to set you ablaze? Have you truly pursued the Lord above all else with everything you have? For this fire we're talking about. I'm telling you, just one glimpse at who he is. Just, just one more thought of his understanding of his character. Just one more taste of his goodness. You know, that only causes me to hunger for more of him. It's been a great weekend here on campus. It has. But, but I prayed with, with, with men this morning in my office. I said, but that was yesterday's manna. I need fresh manna for this day. I ate a lot this weekend. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I was told that black is slimming. And preacher needs some slimming right now, amen? That's okay. I ate a lot this weekend, but that was yesterday. I drank a lot, yes. (laughs) But I'm thirsty today. I need to eat again today. I need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit today. I can't live on yesterday's man. I can't live on yesterday's water. No, I want a fresh outpouring today. Are you with me? Do you hunger and thirst for that? You see, once you get a taste of Jesus, I'm telling you, oh, you keep returning back to that well. You keep keep going back to that table because you want more. And he fills you when you come. I love the the verse in Matthew chapter 5, probably the greatest sermon ever preached is known as the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says these words in verse 6 Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those. So, so first of all, it's good for me to be hungry and thirsty for more of God. He calls me blessed when I'm hungry and thirsty, right? And, And when I'm hungry and thirsty and I'm seeking Him, what does He do? He fills that. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty for Him? You see, it's more than just words on a song. Because Pastor Chuck said, "I want you to stand. I want y'all to sing these words with me." Do you really want more? I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. Some of you go, "How long are we going to sing that until you get more?" I want more. I want more. Would you pour out your love on? I want more. Set a fire. So you see, when we hunger, when we desire, when we thirst for more of God and we desire for this feeling, you know what God does? He satisfies. He fills us. Psalm chapter 107, verse 9 says, For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with what? Good things. Come on, somebody. Listen, this feeling that God wants to bring into you today, this empowering, listen, it is good for you. This is healthy stuff we're talking about today. This is healthy stuff. You know, we have many thirsts, don't we? We, 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 we? we have so many desires of our heart for things in life. There's not a one of us listening here today says, hey, listen, I, I want to be filled with things and I don't want the bad things. No, you want the good things of life. Can I just tell you something? You will never find it in anything else. Excepting in the one who created you with that desire in the first place. God made us to have relationship with him, and through this relationship with him, that is when your heart becomes whole. Right. Hey, you want your life to be filled? Pursue the things of God. Ask him blessed are those who hunger and thirst for Righteousness for they shall be filled. Maybe some of us are just hungering and thirsting for things that are unrighteous. The mess of life. The mess of life. For every hunger and thirst, there's one thing that we have to do. We've got to come to Jesus. I love what it says in John chapter 6, verse 48. It's written in red in my Bible. So, who said it? Jesus, Jesus says, listen, I am the bread of life. Won't you come and eat? Let me fill you. You know, he's already invited us to himself. He says in the next chapter in John chapter 7, verse 37, he says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Listen, today, today, your hunger and thirst for righteousness, your desire to be filled, your desire to be set ablaze and for this fire of God to well up within you, listen, That need can be met in your life. You come to Jesus, that's where it's at. Listen, when we are filled with more of God, when he satisfies our soul, we will never want anything less. (laughs) Listen, there's nothing that compares to the real thing. Y'all remember years ago when Coke played a trick on us? and changed their secret formula and recipe? It was new Coke. It's crappy Coke is what it was. (laughs) And after their sales began to do this and people all in the Atlanta area raising a stink, the secret recipe that had been locked in the vault, they cracked the code in that thing and said, you know, we're gonna bring the real thing back. I'm telling you, hey, listen, would you quit settling for an imitation God? Would you quit settling for an imitation filling, an imitation fire? Would you quit settling for anything less than the best? Would you let him fill you and do it? I just I just want to be happy. No, you don't. You want to be joyful. Happiness is based on happenings around you, but joy is based on Jesus. That's what you need. You need joy. Some of you were happy last night because your team won yesterday. Um, Some of you dudes were happy because you had the house to yourself. The kids were gone, maybe, I don't know. But you woke up today and that happiness had left you. You know why? Because happiness are just based on happenings around me, but they don't last. And I'm just telling you, this fire that God wants to bring and this feeling that he wants to bring, listen, it, it doesn't end in just about two minutes when we leave this place, but it can continue in your life because it's based on Jesus. We need the fire. We need the Holy Spirit of God to baptize us with that. And he wants to, and it will happen when you seek him with all of your heart. I want to ask you to stand with me. We're going to sing about it. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul. Let's sing it. Set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul That I can't contain And I can't control I want more of you Come on, sing it. I want more If that's you, you come right God. now. Set a fire down in my soul that i can't contain and i can't control i want more of you god come on i want more of you god set a fire down in my soul that i can't contain he wants to bring it I want more of you, ask him god. set a fire down in my soul Blow, Holy Spirit, blow. Blow. There's no other place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. You mean that? No place I would rather be. your love, Come on. No place I'd rather be. Oh, No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. Come on, sing that again. Here in your love, here in your love. You gotta listen. No place I would rather be. Yeah. No place I would rather be, no. place I would rather be. Then here in your love, here in your love. Holy Spirit, we're praying that you would baptize us with your fire. May those be more than just words on a screen into a song. May that be the desire of our hearts. I'm going to ask our ministry team to come right now. Maybe you're here today. Listen, in order to be baptized with the fire of Jesus Christ, you need Jesus Christ to come into your life. Raleen, you believe that? Somebody in this house today needs Jesus Christ for the very first time. Don't you leave here without making the greatest decision you'll ever make. Maybe there's someone there else here today that listen, you're, you're just put out with the things of this world, things of life. Listen, you're settling for lesser things. I'm telling you today, you can come and you can just say, God, I want more of you. I'm tired of the mess. You know what was burnt off of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace? The ropes, symbolic of what man had put on them. Those ropes of man of worldly things burnt. There was not a hair singed on their head, nor did their clothes smell of soot or smoke because they were holy. Some of you might have some worldly stuff that just needs to burn off today. Come on. Some chains that just need to be broken and set loose. I'm gonna pray and dismiss us. And if we can come alongside of you and encourage you and help you, you come and you see my friends down front. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God for saving us, any saved people in the house God I want to thank you for the new life you bring us thank you for the new creation we are in Christ thank you Jesus and Lord we know that you didn't just save us and you're not done with us at salvation there is a daily filling, a daily empowerment, there is a fire that you desire to baptize us with Shekinah glory come Shekinah glory would you come fill us rage within us We're tired of trying to control it and contain it. Oh, no. Set us ablaze, God, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.